One of the uh, big issues this election is renting, renters, all things rental. And uh, if you are a renter, you certainly know it, trying to get into the market. Uh, you kind of have now been stuck in place, unable to find anything. Certainly nothing affordable. A lot of renters that we do actually hear from uh, didn't expect to rent for this long. And, and then as they watch the dream of ownership uh, of a home slipping away, uh, now they're, they're stuck in, in trying to find rentals that don't exist. And then when they've got one they like, then developers move in and all of a sudden they're pushed out. And so a lot of them will be looking for the candidate who gives them some certainty in both price and security from rent eviction and things like that. Is that candidate available? Chiara Padavani is a York South Western tenant union, union leader who ran for council last time around and joins us now. Great to have you. Thank you for having me. All right. So this is an interesting voting group because a lot of, I think, politicians ignore them based on the fact that, you know, you go knock at a door of a rental and maybe they're home, maybe they're not. You leave the paperwork there, but it's meant really for the owner of the home, not the renters. And so therefore, they kind of get forgotten about, but they shouldn't be. No, no, they absolutely shouldn't be. And in fact, um, tenants do vote. Um, there are some systemic barriers that tenants face to voting, but it is it is a myth that tenants don't vote and it's a myth that tenants can't vote or that tenants don't pay property taxes. Um, and, in, and I think one of the biggest problems that tenants face when voting is that so many of us are actually left off of the voters list and so many of us right. are actually don't receive a voter card in the mail, but that doesn't mean that you cannot vote. I've been a candidate for a municipal office um, twice now and I've never received a voter card in the mail, but you better believe I go out and vote every time. Every time. So for any tenants listening, if you do not receive your voter card in the mail, you can absolutely still vote. Um, you just need to show ID and proof of address. It can be a phone bill. It can be your rental agreement. Um, you can absolutely still go and vote even if you do not receive that voter card or you are not on the voters list. Just show up and vote. Yeah, and I'll tell you as a homeowner um, now and a once upon a time renter, uh, they forget us too. So uh, it's not it's not all unique. It does happen, I think, a bit more to the renters, but uh, yeah, they do forget to register a lot uh, a lot of people. Having said that, um, no question uh, in the last couple of years uh, that we've seen this uh, massive increase. Certainly, inflation, which reared its head in the last couple of years, has changed the complexion and some of the situations. You know, with interest rates going up, has changed the game a little bit. But we've seen these. Sh- sharp increases in prices. And then, of course, we've got landlords who have to make decisions and either they're pushing people out and or increasing um, costs. It's not an easy time to be a renter. It wasn't always an easy time to be a renter, but now it is a really tough time to be a renter. And so who, who do you see as the candidate for them in this election? Because there are those who have tenant-specific proposals. Who sticks out as the person who's going to have the answer? I think we do have some strong candidates running for tenants and on tenant platforms in this election. Um, Josh Matlow and Olivia Chow have very strong platforms for tenants with lots of tenant protections. And one of the things that is really encouraging this election is we're starting to see a shift away from the way business as usual that the city has approached uh, affordable housing. Um, and that has largely in part been just giving the market more tools to do what the market does. And if you're a renter, you know that the market is not helping you. You know that the market is driving up cost of rent. Um, the market created the problems and high, 
costs of rent in this city. So we can't expect uh, the market to solve this problem. So for the longest time, the city of Toronto has been pushing forward a program called Housing Now, which essentially gives incentives to private development um, and public land to build private housing, private for-profit housing. And that's just not good enough anymore um, as a tenant should really raise some flags if the only thing you're hearing from candidates is um, incentivizing development or the problem is supply, supply, supply. The problem is that this market has gone unchecked for so long that tenants are really, really facing and carrying the burden of a profit-driven market. So what we really need to be looking for and what I'm looking for in this election are candidates that are bringing forward public solutions, candidates that are bringing forward using public assets like like public land to build public not-for-profit housing. That's what we need in Toronto. And any candidate that's talking about just building and cutting red tape and letting the market go wild is not going to help tenants and it's not going to help bring down the cost of rent. Well, they're all promising that. And, and I, and I, I mean, you, you see the, you know, the market kind of as a blamer. I would put the blame on politicians who have been promising for decades now to build the housing and then the shovels never go in the ground and a shame on all of them because they've created a huge problem here. I, I don't like to totally blame, blame the landlord. I know there are some bad ones, but there are some good ones. I mean, and they're feeling the, the pinch too. When inflation or interest goes up, they have to bear those, those costs. So they're not all bad. Uh, um, but that obviously we just don't have enough spaces. Do you see that changing? And given that the city has just, you know, signed off on allowing multiplexes and all this additional development where you can take existing houses and finally, um, you know, get them transformed. Do you see that as, as the game changer and will it happen quickly enough? Uh, I think, you know, I think that's a step in, in a, in the right direction. Um, but I also, I guess want to emphasize that if we build more housing, but there aren't any tenant protections and there is no rent control, it actually mm -hmm. does not solve the problem of affordable rents. Um, when we build rent, when we build rental housing without those protections and without those controls in place, what we see are completely unaffordable rents. And I'll give you an example from our tenant union. One of our tenant unions, um, our tenant associations, uh, is 22 John Street. That was a building that was built relatively recently uh, after 2018 on public land with approximately $25 million of public funding. In that building now, the tenants living in there, the vast majority, about 90% of the tenants living in that building do not have the benefit of rent control. So every year, there is no security of housing for tenants in that building. Uh, rents are going is up. It a city owned build? Is it a city owned building or is it private? It was built on public land by a private developer. And this is the kind of model that housing now is based on. So even though it was public land, it was land that you and I owned as residents of the city. Um, the thing that got built was for profit. And as a result, the tenants living in that building have no security of, of housing. There is massive turnover because every year their rents are going up 200, $250 um, or as high as $300 a month. Um, and so as a result, there is, as far as I'm concerned, that is a failed city policy. And it was touted as a policy to make housing more affordable, but it failed. And it failed because the protections for tenants were not in place. There was no rent control in that building. There was no serious affordable housing in that building. 
And as a result, even though more housing got built, it actually is now raising the cost of housing all over the neighborhood because it's increasing the average market rent. Yeah. Well, look, uh, I don't know how this is going to finally um, peter itself out, but it's going to take a bit of vision and some honesty from those who are in charge because uh, they, they have not done what they promised, and that is building enough housing to kind of ease the crunch and, and make others more affordable. And uh, I don't know when it's going to come, but certainly... There is a voice out there, and they are angry, so we'll see what happens in this election. Kira, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. There you go. That's Kira, uh, Kira uh, Padavani, who uh, is with the Western Tenant Union. And again, they, they are angry. Uh, I don't blame them. But again, I bring it back to the fact that we get all these massive big promises by all the politicians, and if they don't deliver, it's worth nothing. And clearly they haven't delivered, because here we are in an absolute um, shortage of places to live. Once you have more places... Prices come down. Uh, rentals were expensive in my day. I remember paying about two grand a month for a place in downtown Toronto. It's even worse now. But the big thing is, um, you know, people don't always want to rent for the rest of their lives. They definitely uh, want to go into the housing market or buy something. And uh, if they can't and there's nothing there, well, it's a big problem. And we've got millions more people coming here. And again, I haven't heard yet from a candidate who gives any vision that they fi can figure this out. The, and the thing about Josh Matlow, and I think it's interesting, and someone should take him to task on this, is his riding, which is my riding, has the least amount of new building uh, or housing in it, let alone affordable housing. So what's he going to do? You know, he's got a very, you know, north of here areas that are a lot of money. Is he going to go and knock on their doors and tell them to sever off a lot, cheapen things up, whatever? It's going to be an issue for him. And if he becomes the mayor, it's going to be an issue for him as a mayor. What's he going to do to get building done? And why did he oppose it so much when he was in council or is in council?